The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm in a coffee bar in Cheshire. I'm with a young man who played for Manchester United. He's made Cheshire his home. He's not from here. Chris Eagles. Chris is from down south originally. Chris, thanks for joining us. Yep, no, thanks for having me, yeah. So, tell me about... You grew up down south? You did you originally, as a yeah. kid? Um, it was sort of, my family was Tottenham fans uh, and split with Arsenal. Um, and it was only my, one of my younger sisters who supported United. Um, but I played for Watford when I was signed when I was six. And then at 13, uh, I went to Arsenal, was there for a year. And uh, there was a soccer school called Poilet Football Academy, which was in Essex and Kent. Um, and because obviously you couldn't get scouted from another uh, academy, yeah. uh, Paul Elliott wasn't classed as that because obviously you could get scouted from there. Man United come in, and as soon as I knew, um, you know, sort of Man United was wanting me, I'd, I had to wait till I was 14 at the end of my year nine school year. Yeah. And I come straight up, and I've never moved back since. Yeah, I've, I've loved every minute of it. So, who did you support when you were like 10, 11, 12? It was it, probably Tottenham, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, because of, like, my dad sort of took me and he was a season ticket holder. Yeah. Uh, but it? obviously, it was uh, the team that everyone sort of. They pretended they hated, but deep down, love was Man United. And, and like I say, it's, uh, going to Arsenal as a kid, I went to Tottenham and things like that. But as soon as Man United come in, uh, for me, there was only one team I wanted to go to, and that was, that was Man United. So, you move up to Manchester. Yeah. How old when you moved? 14. And you 14. continued your education up here? Yeah, I had to go to school in Ashton Mersey. Mersey school. That's where like, everyone went, you know, like the, the lads that come over from yeah. uh, another country or out of the radius of, uh, yeah. you know, the 30 mile. Went there and I was there for two years and obviously... So with people like Dave Bushell, Dave Law... All, all over me, yeah. There. Yeah, all over me because I wasn't the, uh, I wasn't the world, most well-behaved uh, student, but... No, I, I, I did my best I could, you know, I got my GCSEs and after that you also joined the, uh, the, the sixth form there and I got, managed to get two B-Techs and I don't know how, whether I sweet talk the teacher, I don't know, but I got two B-Techs. Who did you go to school with there? Who was, else was going to Ashton? Uh, Ashton and Mersey, when actually going to school in year 10 and 11, was sort of uh, Kieran Richardson, yeah. Jamal Johnson, Ramon Caliste, yeah. uh, they was older. Um, and obviously when I come to sixth form then that's when sort of, you know, like the the foreigners, if you like, come over. You know, like the twins, uh, Gerard PK, Rossi, people like that. That's when we all joined together on sort of Monday and Thursdays, um, and that's where we had to complete the, if you like, the course. But some of us was with the first team, so we'd miss sort of a Monday uh, and also a Thursday. So we had to catch up in our own time. Because if, uh, if United fans remember, we used to play Thursday nights reserves and youth team, so we'd miss Thursday at school. So we had to catch it up on our own time. So it was pretty. And Dave Bushel was constantly on our. On our tail, and you know, it's tough Monday. I was trying to swerve doing my work, but no, you managed to. I managed to do it, to be honest. And you know, it's and that's the thing with United. They made sure your schoolwork was, you know, even playing with United's first team and things like that. Uh, three days later, uh, the gaffer made sure I was back at school. Do you know what I mean? And it was a bit like he liked to keep you down to earth and things like that. So you came through a very good youth team. Who, yeah, were, who was... were the star players? Some of the lads you mentioned. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh, you know, PK. Yeah, there was like Tommy and Gerard Pique, Giuseppe yeah. Rossi, uh, Phil Barsley, uh, Kieran, obviously. Um, All lads who played. Well, we won everything. Yeah, yeah. We, won, we won the youth, FA Youth Cup. Um, you know, everyone can think. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's 
be, it was a quite a, we were quite lucky to have what we had, to be honest, because we were, it's like the first team, to be honest, everyone, it was like a family, and we all got, even now, you know, like, Steve in contact with Elazar, if you see him, yeah, it's like you've not been away from each other, you know, and I think the gaffer put that in the in, in Man United from day one, since all I knew anyway, and um, from right the way down, everyone mingled, it was all fun, but when you went on the pitch, it was business, and there was no drawing or losing it was simply winning and that's what I loved about Man United it was the best players because I'm told that Rossi was amazing it was an amazing it depends, finisher it, it depends what you want to look at because uh, everyone had their everyone had their individual things do you know what I mean it's like my thing people always used to say was running with it and creating and coming off the line Giuseppe's touch and his turning and his finishing was unbelievable and you got PK's you know his awareness his, his, his skill his composure things like that but then you see him adapt better to sort of Barcelona than when he was at United because obviously when you see a young young lad at Old Trafford people knew to sort of work you know it was it was uh, I think everyone had contributes and that's why it was the, the youth team was a, basically it was a joke we, we, we didn't lose anything it, we, we cleaned up all the trophies everything and that's that sort of led you to and when you step up to the first team you knew you was what you was doing do you know what I mean as soon as you stepped your foot on the pitch you knew it was time to and then off it we was all jokers you know what I mean? Everyone had a laugh and was joking, and I think, you know, it was just a time that I will never ever forget, and that's what Sir Alex did to me, you know. And yet, most of you are still living in Dicks. I knew Gerard yeah. when he when he lived in Manchester. He lived in Sale. Yeah, and, yeah, um, that's where we all grew up. And where where would you go out on a? Or, to be honest, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. the gaffer was all over. Like the next day, he was he, he found out exactly what you're doing and stuff like that. So I tried to be clever, but he still, he still used to catch up. You know, and obviously, uh, we were, especially me and Gerard, we was in the first team from a young age. So going out in Magic and things like that, we were, you know, you had to behave and you had to, because it wasn't other people you were scared of, it was the gaffer. Do you know what I mean? You was always worried about what he was going to say. Did he ever catch you out? Yeah, I got caught a few times, yeah. I got caught, caught I, I, went, I think I was 17, 18, and we went to Dwight York's 30th in Audley Edge. And we were dancing and now loving it, and I got caught. I was in the background dancing, and I wasn't even in the front, like, and uh, I got caught and I got called in his office, and... I've done some silly things, what, you know what, what I mean? What did he like, say to you? He just said, like, what are you, dancing? What are you doing? Like, you think you're, you know, you think you made it before you've done it and things like that. And I don't know, it was just, I understand now what he was doing, but at the time I was thinking, well, I was only having a dance. You know, you don't really understand, but you understand where he's coming from and it was all for the goodness of you to look after you because he made you feel like you were his kids, you know, and I looked up to him as, like, a father figure because, obviously, moving away for so young, if I was naughty or anything like that, he was the first one I had... You know, contact with. Really? So yeah, yeah. At school, if I was naughty, like I, I did some silly things. Like I, I took my mate's car out when I was 16. Um, obviously, I was too young to drive, but I was. I took it out. He found out. I got took in the office, and he used to have a big red folder. Did it? Yeah, big red folder. He used to have it everywhere. Uh, and he used to be even in the canteen. You'd be sat there, and he's just. You know, he's going to hit you, and he just smashes over the head with it. You know, like he's just. It's just fun. Do you know what I mean? It's just. Uh, and I knew that's why he liked me and cared about me because. You know, if there was any banter going around, he'd always sort of come for me and joke about me being southern because of, you know. Uh, but now he, he was a just everything about it was just a dream to play with, and the, the lads I played with as well. Were like, Look what they did, you know what I mean? They they, they won everything, you know. That it was a joke, it really was. Did you feel that you could become a first-team player for Manchester United? Yeah, I always had that. people, like fans that know me from like watching me from a kid. You know, they they knew that I never struggle with confidence um, and it wasn't an arrogance it was more knowing that what I had um, but stepping up to that first what team what did you have what, what were your skills what, you, well I believe what it was running with it scoring creating um, 
just that, you know, because I was very slight as well, you know, just creating stuff and things like that. And you fast? I like to think so, yeah. Who did I, you look up to? Which... Uh, well, coming through, it was sort of like Cristiano when he signed, but yeah. sort of before Cristiano come, it was sort of like Giggsy. Um, I looked at all the midfield, like Bex, Giggsy, Skolzy, every anyone that played, because I, I knew I could play across, because I'd come up as a centre midfielder. Um, and it was only until I started playing up, because I was sort of 15, 16, and the gaffer was getting me involved with the first team, because I was so slight and skinny, like, he just sort of pushed me to the wings, and that's where I learned more of my game. And You learned off all of them. It wasn't just one position, you know, you could learn off the strikers. Like, I remember watching um, Oli, Rude, you know, Diego Forlet, all the players like this. You just look, you look, you learn off everyone, you know, and it was, it was incredible. You know, I always remember my first time going to Carrington, meeting the first team and things like that. And I couldn't even speak to Bex because he was like my idol coming from down south where I am. And it was like, I couldn't even like say hello to him. I was in shock. So what do you do? Just stand there looking no, at him? Yeah, I just shook his hand and thought, oh my God, what my, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you want to speak to him, but you just freeze. So what did and you say? Nothing. Just no, you. I just went. You're all right. And then after more times, like, I trained and things like that because I was only 15. Like we got speaking and things like that, and it sort of broke the broke the ice and things like that. But now it was. Uh, like, I remember watching things like even like Bartes going to watch him training. Like he would come out on pitch, and I'm thinking this guy's a goalkeeper. He's making people flicking it over people's heads, and it was just the fun they had. You know, watching him, and that's what I loved. It was more fun than the like if you like people class it as a job. It was more love that we were there. You know, I'm sure the lads there would have played for nothing to play for Man United then, do you know what I mean? Who was good with you of the senior lads? Anyone take you to one side, give you advice, say, you're doing this think, right, you're doing no, this No, I think wrong. they all did, to be honest. This is where it's, it's, it's really... Because, you know, it's, you hear some clubs here, they would be this player, that, you know, like, they all did. And because they knew that sort of the gaffer had a soft spot for you, they sort of all took you under their wing. But, but we had such a tight-knit group, you know, like after, after Mills, when we used to fly away to Champions League, because I was only 17, 18, like, the... Especially the the ones that are homegrown. We used to all sit at the end and have a coffee, and we used to all just talk and things like that, you know. And like obviously Kino was there, which was an amazing captain. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've... did you appreciate flying around the world as a young Manchester no, United you player? You don't really appreciate it because it, you just think it's part and parcel of what you're doing. You know, it's, it's just uh, you're there to do a job. You don't look at it like that. But now looking back at it, yeah, of course you do. You know, like I remember flying back into Manchester Airport at say three in the morning, and the fans, the fans that have been out. The fans that have been out are, are greeting you in the airport and you don't really appreciate the time and the effort that they spent. You know, you just sort of, you know, you have to be polite and go, you're right, but really, you want to jump on them and say, we won, do you know what I mean? But it's, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite surreal. Like, looking back, it, it was crazy. But to be honest, I, I put a lot of hard work and time into what I did, you know, and no one can take that away from me. And sure, people that play with me, you know, um, they can vouch for me that I, I would deserve to be there. And you made sacrifices, you made the decision that you wanted to be a player. You didn't drink, you didn't... No, I didn't, I didn't. And that was because of, you know, sort of coming up. It's drummed into you not to drink and things like that. And, you know, it, it sort of helped that my granddad used to brew his own beer. So my family were quite big beer drinkers and things like that. And for me, I just thought, you know what, I want to put 100% into football. And, um, and that's what I've done. And, I've, you know, it was, it was good as well because you, you never got a hangover. You know, like that. <laughs> but no, it was... Um, yeah, that was just my choice, you know what I'm saying? And to be honest, uh, we used to always go. And to be fair, not a lot of lads did. We just all went out and did different things, you know what I mean? Whether it was the, the chill to go to cinema, because I was in foster family with um, Fraser Campbell, and we was all close-knit, so we would all go to the cinema. We used to go Red Cinema. Um, we used to go bowling. We used to just do all different things every week, you know what I mean? So, And to be honest, because you were sort of training every day, even on your days off, um, we used to go in. Um, we used to go into Carrington and, and do our extra stuff. 
So you never really had time to to go out, to be honest. You was just sort of 100% doing what you're doing. Because, you know, you, you used to have a game sort of... You used to have uh, the first team game on a Saturday... And if they had sort of a Champions League or a midweek game, then you've got our reserve or youth team games. You didn't have no time to uh, to do anything. You were too busy sleeping. You, know? <laughs> you made your debut at Ellen Road. Yeah. Leeds yeah, United yeah. away. And what a place to make your debut. Yeah, well, that's another thing you don't really realise because we went and I was uh, 17. And um, I think we were losing 2-1 at the time. 2003 this one. Yeah. I didn't want to say the year. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it was... Um, and then I just remember, like, I kept going to the toilet, you know, like, for a week. So, you know, when you're nervous, you get that nervous wee, and you... So I'm thinking, nah, I'm not going on. And then the gaffer just went, right, are you ready? And I was like, yeah, come on in. I just, you know, cause that's the type of person I just wanted to face. And I just remember coming on. It was sort of, I think, about half hour to go. And I just come on. I come on against uh, Ian Hart, that I've watched for years on sort of TV. And the first, like, when I was coming on, the gaffer just said, listen, Chris, just get at him. Just get at him, create stuff, and... Luckily enough, I got on, and uh, yeah, we ended up winning 3-2, and I couldn't sleep all night after that, and I had school the next day, and I made sure I went to school. You've, you've come from behind, you beat, man, you beat Leeds United yeah, away, yeah. you've done really well. I had to catch well. up with my school stuff, yeah. And you got school the next morning, Yeah, yeah. and so you've not slept, because no. you just pumped with adrenaline. No, I, yeah, I couldn't sleep, and uh, so, uh, and that's the type of, and I didn't understand, but now, like, obviously the years went on, and I understood, like, it's all about being crowded and things like that, and then from there... Obviously, United, United were winning everything, every game, you know, and it was difficult to get into the games I'd play with, sort of like the, the cup games and things like that, and I'd be on the bench for the Champions League, I've got a couple of games there. And then it was just the fact that uh, a few clubs inquired about me going out on loan, so I got my sort of experience from there. So I had to wait a couple of years to have my Premiership debut. Um, you, did, you did make another appearance in 2003, 2004. You, you came on for a lad called I don't know if you remember him he was from Portugal he was called Cristiano Ronaldo oh he's just you, about yeah, and yeah. you replaced him yeah just a little uh, that he was a game uh, at West Brom yeah he was um, what was he like uh, he was a joker he was a player like I say they're all brilliant players but with Cristiano he had that something that uh, for me I looked up to because he was in my positions and he had that you know growing up you want that skill and you're watching him do it on a on a because everyone can do skill sort of with their mates. When you're doing it in front of sort of 40, 50, 60,000 a week, you know, and he had that drive and he just had the full package, you know what I mean? And um, Yeah, it was just uh, it was a surreal moment, to be honest. But like I say, he was good help to me as well. He would, like, after training, we'd stay out, do some free kicks or some skills and stuff like that. And he, he used to join in with things like that. Yeah, he was brilliant, you know what I mean? It was, uh, it was quite it's surreal, you know what, what I mean? What type of person was he, Cristiano? He's positive, confident. That's what I sort of learned from. You know that that um, good sense of humour. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. But he was obviously his English, when he first came over. His English wasn't brilliant, but he he worked really hard to be honest. Because some of the foreigners that were there, they they sort of you would couldn't put, put two you know words together or sentences. But he worked really hard, and he was uh, like he does with his football. Do you know what I mean? And he got it. And it's just the lads. We had so much banter in there, and he, he joined in with the English lads and. And it, it was fun, you know what I mean? Like I remember Wesley was taking the mick out of his uh, his sunbed tan because he used to have white arm armpits and all that. And he used to come for his armpits, saying how white they are, and his body was brown and things like that. And now he was a good lad, to be fair. And he, you know, he always helped, especially because in the change room I used to sit next to him, so he used to sort of, you know, chat. And he used to, I used to get signed stuff for him to send home to all my, all my mates and things like that, my brother. And yeah, no, he was top, he was top guy. And to see what he's achieved is just. Uh, and to be honest, nothing was a surprise. You know what I'm saying? He was always, 
he always believed he was destined for the top, do you know what I mean? So then, what happens next? You go into the 2004-05 season, you, you play in the Community Shield uh, against Arsenal. Yep. Chances were limited, and you went out on loan. Yep. Um, to Watford, who you'd been with as a kid. Yep, so that's where it's... Uh, that was an emotional move as well, you know what I mean? Because... I don't think a lot of fans knew I grew up there and to go and play for the first team which I knew some of the players because obviously when I was that young they used to obviously hear the players that were coming through and to go back and play it was, it was, um, it was brilliant. And then from Watford you had other loan spells at Sheffield Wednesday huge club. Yeah that was massive yeah that was great um, it was close to Manchester you know it was a And so Alex drive, Ferguson had told the Wednesday manager Paul Sturrock um, he wants to see how you handle playing in front of big crowds so yeah. it was perfect yeah yeah and how did you brilliant. handle it oh I loved it yeah I loved it like the first time I stepped out there I remember it was just like you know because I didn't expect it you know it was 30 40,000 and I was like whoa like you know in a championship game I'm thinking what this is incredible and to be fair you know thanks to the fans you know they took to me straight away and I scored some important goals there and things like that. No, it was it was it was brilliant. So you're still a teenager. You're back to Watford on loan, 2006, and then you went to NEC, played no, in. I make it. Yeah, yeah, the top so, flight. In. Well, the Watford thing was uh, important because I went back there um, and we actually went up to the Premiership, um, and that was with Bailey Boothroyd, um, and the team was brilliant. Um, but then going up to the Premiership, sort of. Because uh, I wanted to go back in the, the next season after that, uh, but the gaffer wasn't really. Uh, he didn't really want me to go there because it was Premiership, um, and that was a massive. Because that was my first sort of taste of a real trophy, if you like, of me playing. Because I played every game under AD, and you won Gold of the Season award, a fifty-yarder at Brighton yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was to be fair because the pitch was terrible, and to be honest, if people see it now, like the it was like a rugby field. And the um, I had to concentrate. And to be fair, I hit the ball. This, so this sweet. was this was Brighton's old ground, wasn't it? Yes, it was with Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little athletic stadium. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They were miles off this. Yeah. yeah, it was miles off of there. I think they had a flitch track around it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it was a horrible day. It was raining. It was soggy, and the balls dropped. And to be fair, it was bouncing. I'm thinking, please don't shank this. Anyway, luckily enough, I hit it three. But the funny thing was, was Paul McShane that was in my youth team played for Brighton centre back. And he tried to kick the ball when he just went over his head. So after the game, he was joking, just saying like, oh, because I thought he was going to handball it just to stop me scoring. So you go back to Manchester United. You do get some first-team action. I yeah, can yeah, remember yeah. a game at Goodison in yeah, 2007. Yeah, see, that's another really, really important game. What do you remember about that? Well, that's another thing. Like, the, the, It was a game where sort of very, it was a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, nerves around it, I'd say, because of, we knew if we won... And Chelsea, I think they, I think they had to draw, and we had to win. We would have won the Premiership. So there's obviously a lot of nerves, you know what I mean. But the lads, to be honest, we just had a feeling we were going to, you know, like with the Champions League, we just knew we were going to win everything. Do you know what I mean? It was a matter of time. I just remember it's about five minutes to go, and Oli was right in front of the dugout, and he's gone down with cramp, or I think he got, I can't remember if it was injured or cramp. And the gaffer just turned round. I've not even warmed up, and just looked at me and said, "Right, get on, go and show us." And to be honest, I didn't have no time to sort of even acknowledge or... Do you know what I mean? So I've just gone on straight away and then... First couple of touches I had, I got taken out. Um, By who? I think Phil done me, to be fair. Did he? Phil Nip, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, first couple of touches, it was good. You know, I felt... Got me confidence. And then literally, I've just made a, a, a run across the pitch and Wayne's picked the ball up. 
And as he's put me in, my studs, because Albert's packed my studs, the kit man, Albert, his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Albert's put me studs in, and I never wore studs. I used to wear moulded. And he's packed my studs, and anyway, the studs have got cool, which made me legs go all wobbly. And obviously, that's where everyone thinks I was like, because everyone jokes about me legs were and all. But my legs actually got caught when I was running with the thing, so I, that's what I can, you know, brought it back. And luckily enough, I've come back, and that sort of that, that was the practice in finishing because I knew my angles. And as I've come back, that's when I've just curled it in and sort of sealed the deal. And I, the next thing I can't remember because I just sprinted into the crowd. I remember Giggsy ripping me out of the crowd, just saying, "Get out of there!" You know, it was just it. so you run into the away end. Goodness yeah, right in the yeah. corner. I just sprinted right in, kissed the badge, and I jumped in, and the fans and like I just I was just a. Oh, the emotion the was a joke. Well, back. no, it was just obviously because I was in there. He was just saying, "Come, come!" Like, so he was all cheering there, and then the whistle went, and then obviously we didn't know the score of Chelsea because I, I can't remember. I think they were drawing or something, but we didn't find out till the end. Because the they were listening to it on the radio on the on the bench. Anyway, when we got inside, that's when we found out, and that's when everyone started going nuts. And obviously, like for myself, it was just a dream. Do you know what I mean? Just to. Not saying I won it, but it's just saying I, I uh, took part in winning a trophy that I always dreamt of, and it was a you know a roller coaster of everything leading up to it. it just what did everything. the manager say to you after that game? And I think he just said, "I knew you can do it." He just said, uh, "You know, he didn't really say a lot. He just said, well done, son.' I just give him a cuddle. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, that's all I wanted from him. You know, just that recognition and things like that. But but you know, after that, we knew that we had Chelsea away on the next game which we knew that um, but also we had the Champions League final um, and sort of lads were buzzing because we won the Premiership but with Man United as everyone knows and being a fan you're never happy till you've got everything do you know what I mean so we were happy but we knew there was another challenge we had to do and then from there obviously we went out at Chelsea they clapped us on the pitch there and things like that and uh, to hear the fans sing my name the United fans it was, it was mad because obviously that's when they're starting to know me now um, and how had playing in Holland helped you? I think it was more of the um, being away from home. Right. So I was on my own. person, yeah. Yeah, it was more sort of growing up. Uh, it was that side of football. It was very tactical, very uh, one-two touch, which I needed to learn because I tend to hog it a bit. And I still do, do you know what I mean? It's like a school kid. Um, and yeah. Then you, just, you played these games for United. Your profile increased a lot. Did you start getting recognised in the street? How did yeah, your be, life change? To be honest, from... it was crazy because as a United fan, they knew me very early on. Even when I come up from London, they, they knew me because, you know, there was money spent to Watford when I was, say, 14. And in those days, it, you know, it was unheard of. Uh, and I was bought sort of at 14. They paid the full compensation then. Um, and, you know, the sort of the real fans that understood, you know, watched the youth and things like that. I think they heard of me from them. But it was more people, say, if I went Trafford Centre or shopping or... I'd be out for food with friends. That's when people started saying, you know, can I have a picture or... You get the odd fan sort of giving you stick about the goal against, you know, um, obviously they're an Everton fan or something like that. But, no, it was nice. It was nice because people appreciate the way I play. Do you know what I mean? That was nice as well. You know, to hear other fans sort of say, no, you're a good player. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's always... a uh, makes you proud. Do you know what I mean? When did you start thinking maybe my long-term career is not going to be at Manchester United? Um, it was sort of after, because like I say, in that season we won the, we went on to win the, the uh, Champions League in Moscow. Did you go to Moscow? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Travelled. Yeah. I just wasn't on the bench, but yeah. I travelled, I lift the trophy, I got a yeah. medal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what was that like? What was the, I've been told various versions of the, the party after the game. Rio Ferdinand told this podcast that 
his dad had to pick him out of the shower at 5am, 7am, to get him onto the plane. Patrice Evra reckons he's the only one not drinking any alcohol. Really? He was dancing with Jason Park's father, doing Kung Fu Yeah, dancing. yeah, yeah. Uh, other lads are just talking, it's just absolutely nah, it was mad. It was just like, yeah, because obviously all the young lads were together, and obviously we, a few, we managed to get a couple of drinks, like, but... Uh, yeah, it was just all dancing and sort of just celebrating and things like that, you know what I mean? It was just, and it went on to the night and, yeah, it was just, it, it was brilliant. It was, uh, but then from there, it was the next season when I come back, I started a couple. And then from there, that's when I sort of, I don't know, you know when you sort of think, right, Cristiano's here, like obviously Nanny, uh, Giggsy, with players like that, I was thinking I'm never going to get a fair sort of three, four, five games to get confident in there and be settled. And the gaffer knew me better than anyone. He knew that I wanted to play even now, I wouldn't go to a team and go and sit on a bench. That's just not me. And that, I'm sure if you love football, you can, you can understand where I'm coming from. So that summer of 2008, Gerard Piquet was in a pretty similar predicament to you. Yeah. He wanted to play. He didn't think he'd get in ahead of, of Rio and Vida. And, 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 Vida. and he moved on to Barcelona. And then you had interest from Burnley in the, the championship. There was Which a few clubs? There was a few clubs, like Fulham, Villa. Yeah. There's a few clubs that... And for me, it was only that Bernie was close. I went and meet the, at the manager at the time was um, Owen Coyle, but I didn't know who obviously Owen was until I went and met meet him. And he was a very close friend of uh, the Gaffers, so I knew that I'm not going to no club that's going to, uh, you know, sort of disrespect you or something like that. So you or... could stay in Manchester. They had a good side. Did, did, I think they came up Burnley that year. Yeah, we won it. Right. Won the league, yeah. won the we won in the playoffs. Right. Um, and you know, going to meet Owen Coyle, that just, instead of me going to talk, because it's the first time I've really had to gone there and sort of talk about um, contract or what, where, you know, because I've never done it before, because obviously normally it's just done by Man United. Yeah. So I've gone there and I literally, Owen Coyle got a ball out and he's gone, uh, can you play two touch? I said, yeah, of course I can. Like, he said, come on in. So I ended up playing two touch with Owen, which I lent, was later on to be my manager. I went and played like head tennis and two touch with him while my agent and the assistant Sandy Stewart talked about the contract and I was just like nah, that's just me. this is me this like you know no manager it just reminded me of like a young um, Sir Alex so enthusiastic and fun and he wanted to get on the ball and then I signed him that season it just blew up and that's where I, I sort of I think people gave me more respect for leaving United and sort of having my own name the fee of 1.2 million that was a lot of money I'd imagine I think that it was more it was more than that because obviously you know, with the deal, obviously, Watford I had, a, had a clause on it. Yeah. They received some yeah. money as well. But was, was that... I'd imagine that you've gone from being a young pro at United on your first contract to a proper contract at Burnley. Um, well, no, at United, I got a, I've signed a new deal anyway. Right, OK. Um, so did you get a pay cut or a pay rise when you joined Burnley? Um, well, it was a pay rise, but yeah. was still... I was going in... It was a good, very good deal that uh, yeah. United and Burnley managed to... You, know, you signed a three-year deal there. Uh, United, obviously, I was looked after because I signed a you know, signing on fee and all the things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at, at Burnley, it, was, uh, it wasn't about them. I, didn't, I don't think about the money, to be honest, because then when I moved to Bolton, I got bought for more. I went on more money. You know what I mean? It was, uh, it's never about the money for me. It was just about playing football at the Bolton, highest level you, I could you, do. You went for £3 million. Pounds. Well, that, that's what it says, yeah. It was more. Money. It was more, yeah. It was more five. Right. Um, everything. And with, with that, you know, like with the wage and things like that, it, it didn't really... I'm not being rude. I mean, it sounds rude, but you know when you're sort of at that level of earning money, you don't... 
uh, really concentrate on that, you just sort of... Because your life's not going to change that yeah, much anyway, because yeah, you're comfortable. Yeah, it wasn't about the money, it was the fact that I just playing football, and you know when you're sort of going up levels and going to Bolton was a, it was brilliant as well, you know, because played Premiership in there, and it was... The, the hard thing was, it was at Burnley, funny enough, when I went first went back to Old Trafford, that was hard. It's hard. Why? I don't know, it's just emotional, do you know what I mean? It's like watching Cristiano last night. It, it's not. It's not a nice because that was your home. Do you know what I'm saying? It's 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 where you grew up. It's, it's you love it. So playing against it, it's sort of like you, you know, you sort of. I don't know. You. I, I, I can't explain it. It's sort of like that's your love, and you grew up there, and that's your, you know. And seeing Cristiano like that last night, it was just. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't have liked it either. Do you know what I'm saying? So when Burnley went down, you you probably felt that you wanted to be a Premier League player, and Bolton no, Wanderers. It wasn't that. It was just that. Burnley went down. I played four months there. And to be fair, Burnley were doing all right to, you know, to push the cup. Yeah. But then Owen got bought from Bolton. Right. And that's how the knock-on was. And to be honest, because Bolton didn't, go, uh, Burnley didn't go up that season. Yes, I just wanted to be a Premier. And because obviously I had a name there that I had interest in Premiership clubs. It was in Burnley's favour also to sell me to earn money. Yeah. Which I understood. Yeah. Um, and I love Burnley. It was brilliant. A brilliant club. It still is now. Um, but they understood that, you know, if a premiership comes, come sniffing, you know. Uh... You, you, you did very well at Bolton. Certainly initially, you were the top scorer. Um, I was every, every, it was only the, sort of the back end of the, yeah. like my last year. I wasn't, I wasn't involved because of the money situation, you know, with Bolton, what had happened. Um, you know, there was a, a money situation that we, no one understood what was going on. Um, or certainly the, the, the trouble sort of Bolton were in because obviously when Bolton went down, uh, no one had cuts, you know, they had a massive training ground and all this we didn't realise was sort of affecting the club. And Did you get paid your money on time? Did you get your always, wages? Always, yeah. Bolton were brilliant, yeah. Okay. They, they've, um, they've never had a problem with me and to be honest, you know, I'd like to thank especially Burnley, Bolton and Man United. They've, they've been a dream to play for. And then you, you did say eye to eye with... Bolton manager Dougie Friedman is, is that just part of football you can't get on with everyone and um, it's just one of them that sorry Andrew um, it was quite sad and even now it's quite a, a, a sore subject because me and Dougie got on very well um, and I believe he was a very good manager um, and I want to make that clear it's just the way things were dealt with that I don't agree with and still to this day I won't and you know, I've heard that there's been some bad things said about uh, myself by a few of them, which I think's a bit, uh, whether it's cowardly or uh, sort of backstabbing things like that, I don't, I don't know. And, and I, I really like Dougie, we got on really well. Um, and it was just sort of the things above him, you know, like with the money side of stuff, which wasn't my fault. And, and even to this day, it sort of hurts because, you know, I never, ever once wanted to upset him or upset the club. And I want to make that clear that, you know... Um, but it's just at the time I didn't know how to, how to react or what to do because sort of uh, when you get pushed out of a club it's hard to sort of see eye to eye to people and you know the fans obviously were probably hearing this that and everything and I just want to make it clear I never wanted to leave um, I was happy as everyone knew you know I captain Bolton you know I was top goal scorer for a couple of seasons uh, my sister they all speak, it all speaks for itself you know what I'm saying so it was a tough thing even now because I believe if I sort of uh, if there was a problem and it was sort of talked about at the time, I believe I might even still be there or at that level where I'd be, do you know what I'm saying? 
so yeah, it's been a tough couple of years because you know it's a form of a snowball effect. Um, but like you say, uh, now the time of my life where I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. I just want to concentrate on, especially with the Man United stuff. You know, concentrating on getting on, you know, into the TV stuff with MUTV and stuff like that, and doing. Yeah, getting into TV stuff now, you know. What's the highlight of your career? You have to pick one moment. Oh, that's hard, because you, you... Apart all, from that goal at Goodison. It's all, it's all different, because I can name all different things, even from the first time I trained with the first thing. Yeah. Little things like that, you know, is a big thing. You know, and you've got to make sure you, you manage yourself correctly, and you, you've, got to make, you've got to make sure that they, they take you serious. You know what I'm saying? Because at Man United, I'm, there were so many good youngsters that you've got to make sure when you step up you're making an impression and that's what I did and I was always, sort of was a, that loudmouth southerner that you know used to have a laugh and, and things were like you? That. were you a loudmouth southerner? yeah, yeah I'd like to be I'd like to be I, I did like to be and I'd like to just fit in and they accepted you like that they accepted someone with a were you a joker? well I tried to be yeah obviously when you get up higher with the you know like obviously Fletch and Wes and people like that that used to do it so what especially they... like your gigs and that that have done it for years you've got to be careful what would they do what was the worst thing that happened to you what were they doing to you um, well we all, all cool to think they really cut me out I would have gone mad you don't touch my clothes uh, sticking your shoes to the floor no I, we did that I did that to Fletch yeah, we did that to Fletch. He had some rascal shoes on. Like he, he, he used to like his like sort of his Jordans and things like that. So we used to we nicked some super glue from the. Uh, they had like a. I don't know what you call it. You know where they keep all bits and bobs. You know for the cleans and things. Like that. They had some super glue. So we stuck one of his shoes to the floor, and we got in trouble because it wouldn't come off. We had to cut a hole in the, the uh, vinyl to get it up. So, so he was yeah. trying to put his foot into his shoe. No, he's trying to pull it up. And we were filming him. <laughs> Uh, I got done on one, and I still don't know this what day. Uh, what happened? What day? That I, everyone knew I didn't like fish. Everyone used to say you should eat fish because it's good for your brain, and that was a bit late for me. <laughs> but yeah, they said it's. Uh, I've never liked fish, and someone put them. Is it a kipper or something like that? Some stinky fish. They put it. They hid it in my car, and I didn't know where it was. And I just went to the valeters thinking it's so just, just a car. So you were just driving around in your car. Yeah, smelling. yeah. I was driving home, and I remember smelling it, and I'm thinking like something. So I took it to the valeters. Uh, no, it was the next day. So That's when I knew something was wrong. Stinking. Yeah, and, and I thought, no, this is wrong. And obviously, I don't like the smell of fish anyway. So this is making me heave when I'm driving. Next thing, um, taking them to the, uh, the, the to get it validated. And the, the geezer's pulled me out and he's gone, uh, excuse me, mate, I just want to let you know you, you've got some hidden fish in a box underneath your front seat. And that's when I knew someone had done me, but they kept it quiet. And that's I love the idea of one of them taking time out and going to yeah. a fishmonger's and buying fish No, 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 it was all in the canteen. Okay, so no, no, we used to have, because right. uh, we used to have, obviously, at Carrington. Who would you suspect of doing that? It's got to be Fletch, Gerard, Wes, Shazy. It was just all the same people all the time. It was like, yeah, it was another good one was when I'll always remember I was only sort of 17 and Phil Neville's... Uh, well, he led us to believe that his wife bought him a Ferrari. He comes in in it, he parks it quietly in the corner. So as we're going out for training, all the lads have clocked this new Ferrari, right? And like, everyone's laughing, going like, Ooh. anyways, Phil says, yep, yeah, the missus bought me this, this and that. <laughs> so I just remember Skulls is saying, oh, it's like, it's crap, right? Or whatever. Starts volleying balls at his motor. The next day, I think Phil sold it, he turns up in his Mini. <laughs> you know, just things like that, you know, like, it was just... Uh, but yeah, we've, we've done a few things. We put. Seriously, I don't know whose watch it was. I remember coming in from training, and they've got hold of someone's watch, and there's something gone on. And we were trying to think what to do with it. So we, we put a, a weight on a, a float because there was an indoor swimming pool. 
and we put the watch in the middle of this in the middle of this swimming pool and put a weight on it so you couldn't get you have to go in to get it because everyone was dressed then whoever's well I can't, I can't forget whose watch it was so their watch is floating around floating in so, the so you have to be careful because if you knock a wave it's going to yeah. tip over yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, funny. Not, not only have you got to get unchanged to get in the pool and you got to watch your swim yeah you got to watch your front <laughs> crawl haven't you <laughs> You can't cause any ripples. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Because you we did stuff like that, mate. Probably an expensive one. Oh, mate, it was, it was just the stuff every day was like... Uh, I love these, tell me more. It was just so... I'm trying to... It was mad. It was just... I'm trying to think... And the, the manager knew this was going on, but we just turned the blind eye to it. It was all jokes. It was part of the team spirit. Yeah, well, yeah, when I You're was... You're laughing, um, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's funny. At, at, at the time, you can get angry, do you know what I'm saying? Because if it's to do with you, do you know what I mean? It, um... We, uh, there used to be a thing called Fun and Games um, where the first team would call the youth team in uh, and you have to do basically you get up and you have an interview so they say what's your name you say your name what's your position who's your favourite player and then they'll ask you a question to do something to sing perform you've got to do something anyway I got pulled with a straw straw of who's my favourite bird so I said Catherine Zeta-Jones at the time and then I had to basically uh, make love in front of all the lads on the, on the physio table uh, and she obviously weren't there because it would have been easier if she was but <laughs> she weren't there and I had a pair of uh, I had a couple of apples as her boobs and I had to, uh, I had to yeah I had to uh, I had to perform that for uh, I think it was about five minutes and it was the hardest five minutes I've been through in my life you know because everyone's laughing and there was people had to sing songs people had to do um Oh, there was all different things. Do a script or something like that, you know. And it was Giggsy and Giggsy Kino. Bex used to sort of do that. And then at Christmas we did. Uh, we had to put a play on, so the youth team would have to put a play on for all the first team and staff. So uh, it went into like we uh, each player would have to be someone. Um, we used to act, pretend what they were like around the training ground. Who were you? I did Bex one year. Did he uh, see the funny side? Oh yeah, yeah. I put a wig on on that, and we, we sung a song. I put this is when he had like he was growing his long hair, and he had like eyelets and that. Uh, I'll tell you, you, did a funny one. Fraser, Fraser dressed up as David Bellion. That was funny, mate. Wore like a little mini skirt and that, and a little handbag because he used to wear all his tight gear. And Fraser did that, and he could get coming with his walk and all, you know, like his, his funny walk. But yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Did Bellion see the funny side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was this is what Man United was. It was just like it was, everything was funny. It was just all family. You know, and nothing went out. It was just all close knit. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. all we all loved each other. That's how it was. And you, you played cards. You know, you'd, you'd uh, the cards. No, not really. Cards. To be honest, not really cards. Um, I'm trying to think, there, there was a game we used to play. Uh, I don't know if I can show it. Uh, Poohead, oh. shithead. Right. Um, and it was a game where you used to just get down and then you'd been knocked out, things like that. But regarding cards, now nah, because uh, you know we used to play. Uh, I tell you what, it's got Mario Kart on the Wii. Intent, is it a, yeah. a little DS thing or whatever it is? Yeah. Rio got us all them. We, was, we used to be on the bus and we used to, and you could do a white on um, Bluetooth and that. We used to all race them. That was funny. That was good. And that would be like on the coach, you know, on the way to like a hotel um, on the Friday or something like that. Um, but now it was just every everything was uh, just pure laughs there. Do you know what I mean? But like I say, it was, it, and I think that's where it all come from. You know that team spirit. I think that's where it just like now. It, you know, you compared now to then, and you just—I think it's in any club. You know, for, for to be champions of something, there's got to be that form of team spirit. You know. So you were at the the best club in the world just before you left, and then yeah, yeah. United were English, European, became world champions. 
and then you had good times at Burnley, at Bolton, and then in later years you played for Blackpool, Charlton Athletic, Bury, Accrington, Stanley, Port Vale, Ross County. Any good moments at any of those clubs? Um, or was, or was no, it, like I say, was it, it was tough because they were okay. all short contracts, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was like... It was hard because I missed pre-seasons, obviously, leaving Bolton. Obviously, I went through a personal problem, which people probably have read about or something like that. So it, it was tough getting over that. What and was I, it? I don't know. I had a, I lost a son. Oh, right, we I didn't had know a still, We had a stillbirth. Okay. And it was difficult getting over that, and I took my time out. And that was a knock-on effect because, obviously, I had no pre-season and things like that. And then from there, it's just been sort of jumping from here to there. And Do you get support when something like that happens? I've had brilliant support from the hospitals and... Right. Um, my friends, yeah, um, 100%. But it's one of them things that you never get over, but you just got to deal with it. Um, and, you know, even these days, you know, like uh, I've got two young daughters now, but you still think of if your son was in stuff like that, you know, it's, it's difficult. But like, it's one of them things people don't need to know what happened. And that's where, you know, if I knew, if I was at Bolton, I know they would have dealt with it correctly and, you know, looked after me a bit better than me just being nowhere. And, that's why for the last three three years or so, Port Vale was brilliant. I really enjoyed it there. The fans took to me, uh, and I managed to get fit there. And I was I think I played 12 or 13 games. I scored five or six, created six. You know, and I, they started seeing Chris Eagles, you know what I mean? But then obviously when they went down, it was one of them that I didn't really want to go to that league. And and I think, you know, the, the staff there appreciated that because obviously League Two was a, you know, it must be difficult, you know? Um, but to, to be honest, it's been like... The last sort of two, three years have just not been, I've not been settled. And to be honest, like I say, I'm, I'm just enjoying time out at the moment and just sort of getting involved in the side of football that I like where I can watch it and enjoy it and be involved in United doing the Do Legends United? game. Yeah. yeah, always. You've been playing at the Legends? Yeah, yeah, I played in the Legends last year against Swansea and I played in the Premiership Legends uh, about three weeks ago now. And it's just getting involved in games like that. Um, and obviously I'm looking forward to do the MUTV stuff start doing co-commentary getting in the studio and let people see the side of me that they've probably not seen yeah. do you know what I mean because I'm a good laugh and I want people to understand that whatever their opinion they have of me you know what I mean I don't take myself serious because I know people have always taken the mick out of me barnets and things like that so it's just the fact that people can get across that it's not you know what I mean when you're on the pitch it's sort of like you're, you're in a sort of zone in you so, you've lived in Manchester for most of most of all your life, my, yeah, all of it really, isn't it? Yeah, so I've been up. I'm well, you kept your now. accent, haven't you? Yeah, but my friends at home say when I go home, I've got a northern twang. Did it? Yeah, um, like my brother was up at the weekend. Uh, but funny enough, you like the, if say if I hear a southern accent, I find it really strange because I, I'm used to northern accent. Um, I find it funny that you go back and they say that. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. You just sound southern yeah. to me. Well, yeah, but then I'm northern. Yeah, no, but they do. They say I got if I say a sentence or something, I put a northern twang on it or something like that. But. No, I don't think I'll ever leave Manchester. I, I love it, and the, the the people who have accepted me from one of their own. Do you know what I mean? It's it's been it's a bit like Bex, to be honest. You know, when he come up here, he always used to say to me, "Chris, it's a place that it's just it's lovely." You know what I mean? And from there, I've just thought, you know, I love it. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's, a, it's just a special place for me up here. So you you're 32 now. You're 33 yep. next month. Yes. As it stands, you feel that you, maybe your playing days are over unless but, something exceptional happens because you're still yeah. keeping yourself fit uh, no I train every day I do my own stuff I go to the gym and you know I've, I've got my own trainer and things like that yeah there's been offers but they're just not something like I said like I mentioned before I'm not going to go to somewhere that I don't think one, one it's uh, going to do me good because you've done that you've spent the last three or four years doing it and to be honest 
I've got I've, I've invested wisely. I've got my businesses up and running, and you know now getting into this TV side of stuff. You know I can enjoy the football, and not, you know for me to be travelling overnight and things like that when you know and it's when different if you level. Tell me a time when you just thought, you know what, I can't be doing with this. Because you're obviously a very good side of football. Yeah. Um, what, it, was what, sort of, it was sort of like, no disrespect, when, when I sort of come out and sort of like you, you go to a, like a League One and things like that, I feel sorry for the players and, because the, the money's not there. And I don't think they're, they're, they're treated as well as, oh, it's like anything, you know, they're not appreciated and as much. And for you personally, where, where did you think, I can't, I'm not enjoying this at all? There's been, there's been a few times, but yeah. you know the, the way Fergie brought us up is, you know, you keep going, you keep uh, right. So you, you get know, over your knocks. Oh yeah, you, you never give up. You keep going. You, you know, and that's what I did. And it come to a point where it's like now I can go and sign for a club now, but it's not going to be right for me. And to be honest, it's, I'm not going to be appreciated. It's not, especially the level it is. You know, like League One and League Two, it's not a, a so place where people want to play. Smashing into you. Yeah, it's that, and it's just sort of the way you play. You know, you can see stuff that sort of other lads aren't on that wavelength and. Uh, and it's no one's fault it's just where I am and it you know it's just my choice and I don't want no negativity from it it's just how I feel and um, I'm enjoying like I said I'm enjoying time doing stuff on the, on the media side of stuff um, you know Did you get 20 games at Old Trafford yeah I've been to a few since I've, I've been to about three or four now yeah um, it's still a place that gives me butterflies like you know when I'm when I'm there and stuff like that because I'll always remember when I was walking out when I heard that Champions League song on a Saturday at three o'clock, you can smell when you're walking out the tunnel, you can smell, you know, that burger smell and things mm. like that. You're walking out and you clap the fans. And when I was there, it was just like, the, it was a stretch for them. So they were nuts. I'd always remember you clap them and they used to go bonkers for it, do you know what I mean? And it was, uh, even now, you know, going back there, it's uh, magical, man. It's, and it, it's, you know, uh, these legend games, I've not played at Old Trafford yet, but I can't wait to. Yeah, I can't wait to, because last year they played Barcelona. But I had to rule myself out because obviously I knew I was going back into football. I couldn't commit myself to that. So any games in the future now that Old Trafford and things like that, I'd love to, yeah. Thank you for your time, Chris. I hope that people have enjoyed listening to this as much as I've enjoyed speaking to you. And you, mate. I hope I haven't put anyone to sleep. <laughs> United we stand and Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. United we stand and Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.